Do you love to travel and save money? Or do you wish you could travel but money is holding you back? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I show you how to fly your family free forever using my simple fly free formula. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. My family of four has mastered the art of flying free as simply as possible since 2015, and I want to show your family how to do it too. Hey everyone, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, however you chose to spend it. As you've probably heard me say, we took our now annual trip to Disney World over Thanksgiving, and of course we had an awesome time. So in today's podcast, I'm going to fill you in on what I experienced at Disney World this year compared to last year. We're going to talk about Genie Plus. We're going to talk about my first Disney Vacation Club stay. I'm going to tell you about crowds and um, give you my thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy. And then we're going to chat a little bit about dining reservations because we really were successful with dining reservations this year. So um, this trip was one where I was able to save 70,000 points just a couple of weeks ahead using one of my trademark hacks that we teach inside of the Families Fly Free membership, and that was a Southwest flight. Um, I do have a companion pass, so my husband flew for no points, no dollars, only that $5.60 per person per way mandatory security fee that we just can't get around. Um, You got to pay that. So um, I was thrilled that I was able to get us there um, for 30,000 points for four people. This has been, you know, a busy year for travel. So points are a little bit more expensive than they have been in past years. So normally I could do better than that. Um, But my original booking was um, 100,000 points for all of us to fly over Thanksgiving, because that is a time where airfares do go up. And because Southwest spares, the cash price is tied to the points price. When the cash price is higher, the points price is higher as well. So I was super excited that I was able to um, get my little trick to work and get us down to just 30,000 points for this flight. Um, And we got to get ourselves on the flights we wanted to take nonstop at the times of day that we wanted. And again, 70,000 points. Um, Southwest points are worth about one and a half cents each. That's even their low, the low end of their value. Um, so that is a thousand dollars in savings if you wanted to calculate the cash, the cash savings there. So um, also during our trip, um, I recorded each day of our trip. So five days, a um 10 to 20 minute summary of the previous day, what we had done exactly, um, you know, what we did and how we planned it, um, things that I learned that day. And those are all inside the Families Fly Free membership. So there's so many great things about Families Fly Free. Um, This is just one of the small things that you may not even realize that you get. So we have a members only podcast. And so um, each summary of um, each day of our trip at Disney World, I would do it the following morning, um, goes out to our members in their members only podcast. So you do have to be a member in order to get access to that. But if you'd like to know more details about exactly how I did what I did, um, 
feel free to come join us inside Families Fly Free. This is the time to get yourself set up for 2023 and beyond. Um, and if you're still listening to this podcast, you definitely want to learn more about flying free and how to travel more with your family. We would love to have you come join us uh, beginning next year and beyond. So, and you get little perks like that. We also have a whole um, Genie Plus webinar that I'm going to be um updating um, here in the next few weeks to give you all the latest on that. And um, I also have strategy sheets for Genie Plus inside of Families Fly Free that are super helpful. So I filled those out ahead of our trip. And that was incredibly helpful to have that all planned and ready. I knew exactly what I was going to do each morning, um, what rides we wanted to book, what order we wanted to book them in, all of that good stuff. I had it written down, ready to go. One other fun little tidbit was um, we were there at the same time as Doug from Rope Drop Radio. He was on the podcast a few episodes ago where we were talking all about the holidays at Disney. And so it was funny the first day that I we went into the parks, we went to Hollywood Studios, and I didn't know he was going to be there um, at that time, but I couldn't remember what parks and what day we were, we were planning to just kind of meet up one of the days that we were overlapping a park. And we walked into the park and within 15 minutes, I looked over and saw him with his rope drop radio shirt on. Um, and so that was super funny that we ran into each other that fast. So that was great to meet him um, and definitely check them out if you want more in-depth um, tips on how to do Disney, all the resorts, um, all the insider um, tips and tricks. They have lots of good stuff on Disney. So let's start um, by talking about Disney Vacation Club um, because we did join Disney Vacation Club this summer. And so this was our, this was called our welcome home visit, which is your first visit when you become a Disney Vacation Club member. And the way Disney Vacation Club works is um, you buy at a particular resort. So we bought at Grand Floridian. And what that means is that 11 months ahead of my travel dates, I can, I get first dibs at booking Grand Floridian along with anybody else who owns at Grand Floridian. Um, now, at seven months ahead of my travel dates, I can then book anything else, any other Disney Vacation Club resort now is open to me. Um, but the owners of those resorts, they get to pick first 11 months ahead, just like I get to do at Grand Floridian. So um, because we joined only about, I guess four months ahead of our travel dates, you can see always outside, certainly the 11 month window and, and even the seven month window. So there's not as much of availability at that point, but they do try to find something that works for you since it's your first visit. Um, I think they extend a little extra Disney magic, if you will. Um, and so we wanted to um, ideally stay around Epcot because we enjoyed staying at Beach Club last year, not as part of Disney Vacation Club, just a regular hotel booking. And so they were able to get us at Boardwalk um, when we joined in July. And so we had a one bedroom at the Boardwalk, which is in that same area with Beach Club and Yacht Club and the Swan and Dolphin. Um, and it is part of the Epcot Resort. So you can walk over to Epcot or take the boat. You can take the boat over to Hollywood Studios. Um, you can also take the um, Skyliner over to Hollywood Studios from all those locations. And so um, we had Boardwalk booked for a one bedroom for five nights. And then after about a month or two, I decided that 
it might make sense for us to have a two bedroom instead, since I now have two grown boys, very tall boys, um, and my husband and myself. And it is a little challenging to fit a, you know, a 14 year old and an 18 year old on a pullout couch. (laughs) So, uh, because that's what you get in the one bedroom, you get a separate bedroom with a king bed, like for my husband and I, but then the only other bed is a pullout couch. We don't love pullout couches, but I assumed that the Disney um, pullout couch would be better than most. And it definitely was. Um, But I decided it might make more sense for them to actually each be able to have their own bed. Um, And so I started to look inside the Disney Vacation Club booking system. And in fact, um, as I'm recording this um, prior to the air date, we are going to be having our first Disney Vacation Club insider call as part of the family's fly free membership tonight. Um, And we're going to do that quarterly. And we're going, so on that call, I'm going to show you how um, to book inside the Disney vacation club system. If you've never seen that, so you can see what it's like to book something and how to check for more availability. And I'm going to explain what I did to get this current, uh, the booking that we ended up with. But um, essentially, I kept checking and I was um, happened upon two days at the end of our trip in a two bedroom at Beach Club, which, as I understand it, Beach Club is fairly difficult to get unless you own there, um, you know, and can book at that 11 month window. So I was pretty excited about that. And we just made the decision to stay three nights in Boardwalk in a one bedroom and then basically just walk. There's a little bridge you have to walk across, walk across the bridge in the morning and check into Beach Club for our last two nights. So that was fun. We got to experience a one bedroom and a two bedroom. And we loved the whole Disney Vacation Club experience. Um, It really is like staying, you know, in a very um, upscale condo or vacation rental um, because you have room to spread out. You have a full kitchen. Gosh, that was super helpful. Um, And my tip for you on that is um, we've done this many different ways in terms of getting food to our resort when we stay at Disney. We've done Garden Grocer. We've done Instacart. We have had a rental car and gotten our own groceries. Um, But this time we went with Walmart because they have a delivery service and you can get a free um, first month with their subscription service. I think it's called Walmart Plus. And we don't have a Walmart close enough for us to use that. So I didn't have the subscription. So we just got the free trial and um, I ordered about two days ahead. You can schedule the delivery. They recommend scheduling it for around the time you're going to be checking in. Um, And then the um, bell desk actually holds your groceries and they will refrigerate any items that need to be kept cold. And then when you get to your room or um, you're checking in, you just let the bell desk know that you have groceries and they send them up. And they'll even, you know, kind of put away your refrigerated items for you. So um, having a kitchen was really fantastic. And and I had it all set up so that our groceries were there when we arrived to check in. And so we had our waters and we had our drinks and our breakfast items and some snacks, um, which was great that we didn't even have to think about that once while we were there. It was just already done. So the kitchen was great. Having a washer and dryer, I personally love because um, we don't have to worry so much about packing so many things. And so what we pretty much did, and this is different, like Disney does have laundries um, at all their resorts, but the problem is you can't just like leave your clothes over there, like while you're sleeping, for example, or while you're in the parks, you actually have to physically be around so that 
after an hour of washing, you can go put it in the dryer. And after an hour of drying, you can go get it out. When they're in your own unit, of course, you know, we could just put in a load before we went to bed and then and I could get up in the morning and put it in the dryer. So things were dry when everyone got up or they could even just dry when we were at the parks. And so we got a load done um, every single day and they actually leave you laundry detergent or you can bring your own too. Um, but we loved that. And so we basically got to come home with um, almost all clean clothes. And then we only uh, brought carry-ons as well because we knew we could just wash and rewear things. Um, and we were a little bit not sure if it was going to be cool or warm because originally the forecast looked like it was going to be cool and rainy a couple days. And then it completely turned and was hot, um, you know, in the low 80s, I would say. Um, so we brought clothes for both basically. Um, and we were able to do that in our carry-on knowing that we could just, again, wash and rewear. So, um, and the space that they, they afforded was, was great. Um, the pullout couch and at boardwalk was, um, was actually fine. I mean, pullout couches are never great, but it was plenty sufficient to sleep on. It wasn't uncomfortable, you know, just doesn't have that full mattress and box spring support. I think that's the main thing you're missing, but there were no springs. It wasn't bumpy or anything like that. Um, we had stayed in one in Colorado this summer. That was horrific. <laughs> the pullout bed that our poor boys had to try to sleep on. And they literally opted to sleep on the floor instead because it was literally had springs in your back and it was terrible. So it was not the case um, at Disney. It's absolutely as doable. I think it might be better for smaller, younger kids. Um, our boys were pretty much tired of sleeping in the same bed after night too. So it was good that we could move um, over to the bigger one. So, um, and at beach club, better yet, because it's a two bedroom. So it was extremely spacious. I thought boardwalk had plenty of space too. Like that was definitely workable except for the bed and you only have one bathroom in the one bedroom. So that's a little bit challenging too, sometimes for a family of four, um, which you experience in a hotel room, but it just seems inevitably everyone has to use the bathroom as soon as you're back from the parks, you know, and there's only one bathroom or multiple people want to take a shower at the same time before you're headed into the parks or when you get back. Um, so having two bathrooms in the two bedroom at Beach Club was really helpful. Um, and, and everyone having their own bed was really nice, um, but, but definitely a luxury, I would say. Um, but we certainly appreciated it for two nights. Um, and it had a little bit more room in the sitting area, a little bit more places to sit down and eat, but basically the same kitchen space. Um, all the bathrooms are very nice. The showers were very nice. Um, I really loved it. And um, another thing I really liked about Beach Club is they really have their own building for Disney Vacation Club members. Um, so you have your own lobby over there, like you have your own pool out the door. It's very easy to walk from your building out to um, Epcot is literally just around the corner, just a couple of minute walk. Um, which is so fantastic. I was able to pop out one night after we had come back from the parks and just um, walk over and see Harmonious, the fireworks and the um, the sh show at Epcot, um, just walking you know, from our beach club villa over there, um, waiting about 30 minutes, watching the show and coming back. That was super convenient. So I definitely would recommend Disney Vacation Club. Um, go back and listen to my podcast where I tell you, um, my thoughts on, you know, how you really, this is a way that you can stay at Disney free. If you're planning to stay at Dis to go to Disney every year and you like to stay on property, if you have the money to um, invest in this for a period of time, um, because Disney Vacation Club 
goes up in value. It has historically um, always gone up in value that at some point in the future, you can resell your contract for um, at least what you paid for it. No guarantee on that, but that has been the case thus far. Um, and if you if you at least make your money back, you might even make a profit. You just stayed at Disney the whole time for free, in my opinion, um, you, if you make your money back. So that's my Disney Vacation Club report. Um, in terms of crowds over Thanksgiving, lots of people were asking me that on Instagram and you can check out my Instagram. Um, we're at Families Fly Free and I have saved it. Um, all of my story posts are um, right under my, they're on the main profile, right under my description. You can see Disney 22. If you wanna look at our pictures from our trip, I've saved them all there for you as a story highlight. So be sure to follow us if you want to keep an eye on um, my travels and the travels of our Families Fly Free team. But um, in terms of crowds, it was definitely busier than last year, but we felt like it was absolutely manageable. We didn't have trouble getting on rides any more so than we did last year. We got better and more dinner reservations than we ever have. Um, we barely stood in any lines and we could have avoided standing in lines entirely if we wanted to. Um, and so there were a couple of moments where I felt like around one o'clock in the afternoon at Epcot and at Magic Kingdom where things did really feel congested in certain areas. There just were a lot of people in a small space. But other than that, it didn't affect our ability to do anything. We got pictures. We didn't have to stand in line for those. Um, and not to say that there weren't lines, but we have found at Disney, like if there's a long line for something, like come back to it later. Um, probably you're going to be able to avoid the whole thing if you just try to come at a different time. So one example of that is, we had um, a lightning lane with Genie Plus for Peter Pan, which is a very difficult one to get. That's one you want to get early if you want to ride Peter Pan. And the lightning lane line was at least 25 to 30 minutes long, which is crazy. So it wasn't like that on any other ride. And I it had repeatedly broken down that day. And I think that had just backed up the line. And so <clears throat> they came through and they said, oh, it's broken down again. And so we were like, okay, let's just go try something else for a minute. Like I had a picture I wanted to get. Let's go do that. We decided to go over to Mickey's PhilharMagic, which is right next door. So we went and did that. And by the time we came out, I think they had just reopened the ride. And in the meantime, everyone had gotten out of line because it had stopped. The ride had stopped. And so we literally walked right on it. <laughs> So that would be my suggestion. Just, you know, that might not work in every case, but we found 99% of the time that does work. There's like a, a line at the um, Little Mermaid ride, um, which hardly ever has a line. And again, it was that that peak time of day is like one to three. Um, that was really, really long. And, you know, then we came back later that night and walked right on it. Um, so just try to avoid those peak times or it just may be something strange is going on, like some other ride just let out or the fireworks just finished and everybody headed to a particular ride. Just come back at a different time. Um, now, next, I want to tell you about Guardians of the Galaxy. So that is the um, newest ride since we have been there last year, and that is at Epcot. 
Um, it's over by um, Test Track and Mission Space. And I really wasn't sure what to expect out of that. I kind of thought it was going to be like the rock and roller coaster, um, but at Epcot. I knew it was an indoor coaster. I thought there were projections um, and things that you're going by, like rock and roller coaster. I knew there was music that plays while you're on the ride. But other than that, I hadn't really read much or watched any videos or anything. Um, and let me tell you, that was a fantastic ride. And my family has ridden lots of rides in lots of places. And that really beat all in, in terms of creative technology that is new technology that we haven't seen on anything else. Um, and it was so, so fun. So if you haven't heard anything about it, it is an indoor coaster, but I would describe it as a little bit more like a modern day version of Space Mountain instead of rock and roller coaster. It has some touches of, of rock and roller coaster, which is a roller coaster over at Hollywood Studios um, with Aerosmith. Um but it really is more is more similar to Space Mountain. You're in the dark. You're not sure which way you're going, you know, or turning or dropping. It does not go upside down. So if you're someone who doesn't like to go upside down, you don't have to worry about that. Um, but it is definitely a thrilling coaster. And what's so neat about it in terms of the technology is the cars rotate. So I thought they rotated 90 degrees. My husband thought they could rotate 360 degrees, but, but the point is they do rotate. Um, and so like they can turn around and go different directions, um, which is extremely unusual sensation to have on a roller coaster. I've never experienced that. And it was really neat. And so they could kind of turn you to wherever there's massive screens with projections, which you're starting to see employed more at Disney world. Um, it's on rise of the resistance when you're getting out of the ship and you're um, like looking out, you're in, I don't even know what to call it because I'm not a Star Wars <laughs> expert, but um, when you're on the enemy ship and you're like looking out into space, it's this massive screen that's really cool. It makes it look like you really are there. They use it, use them at Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which is a super fun ride that I recommend too, where you're just surrounded by projections. I feel like that's the trend of rides and attractions right now is these massive projection screens. So you have that inside. So you're looking at this all this action that's happening on happening while you're on the ride and then um what was really neat is you the, you go around a moon and you like circulate around the moon and your car turns in to face the moon as you go around it and that was the neatest part of the whole thing so we that was definitely every one of my family's favorite thing that we did this year everyone loved it we all wanted to go back on it again um we could have made that work if we wanted to go back into Epcot and park hop one day. We opted not to do that. Um, would have been possible. We just decided to hold off. We'll ride it again next year, but um, definitely don't miss that one. And that is one that you can purchase first thing in the morning. So now um, everyone, whether you're at a Disney resort or not, you're able to buy what's called an individual lightning lane. Um, and they're anywhere from like 10 to $20, I think. Um, it just depends on the ride and the day and the, you know, crowds and the demand. Um, so you can buy this one at 7 a.m. And I recommend you do that 
first. Um, you do it immediately so that you can grab your spot because it does sell out very quickly. There is also a virtual queue for Guardians of the Galaxy um, at 7 a.m. and at 1 p.m. You do have to be in the park at 1 p.m. to get in the virtual queue. And that's just a kind of a luck of the draw. You might get in, you might not get in. Um, so if you want to be sure that you ride this, I would definitely pay for it. Um, this one and Rise of the Resistance are definitely worth paying for, um, particularly if you've never been on them before. And they're both individual lightning lanes. All right, um, let's talk a little bit about Genie Plus. Um, so some things have changed about it since we um, employed it last year. I do recommend Genie Plus. Um, I really think that if you don't want to be standing in line all day at Disney World, if you've invested the money, it is an expensive trip. Um, even if you fly free, it's still expensive with the cost of theme park tickets and um, accommodations and your dining and all of that. However, we are teaching our six-month class inside of Families Fly Free on how to do Disney free, and we're showing you how to do all of those things for free. Um, so there is a way to do it free, but for most people, this is an expensive deal. And um, so in my opinion, if you're spending that much on a trip, um, just spend a little more and get Genie Plus so that you don't have to... I would be so mad if I went to Disney World and spit that much and I had to stand in line all day and I got on two things. And I really think that's what happens um, if you don't get Genie Plus. So I definitely recommend it. I think it will make your experience so much more enjoyable and it will make the money that you're investing worth it. So you can, when we went last year, um, you could buy Genie Plus when you bought your park tickets. So that is no longer the case. You have to buy it the day of but you can buy it after midnight. You don't have to wait till 7 a.m. So my suggestion is you get up about 6.45 because you can start booking your first rides at 7 a.m. Um, if you're staying in a Disney resort. So get up at 6.45, buy your Genie Plus, have that done. Decide if you're gonna buy the individual Lightning Lane, which is Guardians of the Galaxy at Epcot. It's seven white, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves Mine Train at Magic Kingdom. Um, I think that it is Pandora at Animal Kingdom. We didn't didn't go over there this time. And then um, it's Rise of the Resistance at Hollywood Studios. So anyone can buy those at 7 a.m. Again, you don't have to be at a Disney resort. Um, and you, the alternative to buying those would be to go and rope drop. So in my opinion, you're basically paying to not have to rope drop. If you don't mind rope dropping, which means that you get there the second, actually earlier, the park opens, or if you're staying in a Disney resort, you can get in 30 minutes ahead. You are ready to go that second they let you in the park and you run over to the ride and get in line. You cannot wait until 15 minutes after the park opens. I was at Epcot 20 minutes after it opened at uh, Ratatouille, um, which I love that ride. And the line was already 100 minutes long at 20 minutes after park open. So if you're willing to rope drop, you can bypass paying for those rides, but otherwise pay for them. Um, so you can buy your Genie Plus, you can buy your individual lightning lanes. And then if you're staying at a Disney resort, you can book your first Genie Plus ride, which is basically like a fast pass. So it allows you to pretty much walk on the ride, or at least I'd say within less than 10 minutes. Um, so you can choose your first one at 7am. And then you can choose your next one either after that ride is finished, 
or two hours after park open, whichever happens first. And then from that point forward, you're booking every two hours after you booked your last ride. There is one really weird quirk that um, I explained in my members only podcast where it pretty much says um, you can book it after you finish any of your rides, which isn't right. Um, it really has to be every two hours. So I explain that um, inside the members only podcast, but pretty much just keep in mind about every two hours and you do need to book at that two hour point or it's going to push like if, if I could book at two and I don't book till 2.15, now I'm not going to be able to book the next one till 4.15. And if I don't book it till 4.30, I can't book the next one till 6.30. Um, so I like to set my alarms on my phone to remind myself when I can book next so that I can be ready to do that right away. We found it worked well for us this time. The only thing we didn't get on was Rock and Roller Coaster at Hollywood Studios. We could have gotten on that in the evening. We just decided we didn't want to hang out over there any longer. We had done everything else but that that we wanted to do. And we were able to snag a reservation at Space 220, which is hot, uh, over at Epcot. And so we just decided to forego uh, Rock and Roller Coaster and head on over to Epcot because we did have park hopper tickets. And that'd be the main reason I'd recommend um, having park hoppers, which allows you to go to more than one park in the same day, is for dining. So it doesn't work too well with Genie Plus to hop parks because you really aren't going to get on everything you want until probably the evening as we experienced with Rock and Roller Coaster. Um, but if you want to hop to enjoy dining at a different park, I would personally almost like to eat at Epcot every night. They have the best dining options. Um, you can do that. So that would be my reason for park hoppers. Um, so we didn't get on Rock and Roller Coaster, um, but everything else that we wanted to do with Genie Plus, we were able to make it happen. Um, and we often went into the parks later. So sometimes 11 a.m., sometimes 1 p.m., uh, particularly Magic Kingdom was open uh, the two days we went in there till 11 p.m. And we like to hang out at night. So we knew we could just stay until the very end. And we you get the most rides in at night. Um, that's when things are slowest. So sort of after the fireworks happen around eight o'clock, a lot of people leave and then you can um, knock out a bunch of things at the end. Um, so we thought it worked well. Um, and I did take a look at the number of steps that we took and always in previous years, we would do 20,000 plus steps each day. And um, so I looked this year and only one day did I do more than 20,000 steps. And that was a day I personally chose to go in by myself to Epcot early. And I went around the whole world showcase myself before my family even got over there. And then once they came, we kind of started our day again. But other than that, we were at around 15, 16,000 steps. So I think you walk a lot less when you use Genie Plus because you kind of know what's coming next um, and you can plan it a little bit better. So you're not you're not constantly crossing from one side of the park to the next. And we just find that it allows us a lot more downtime to look in stores, to enjoy some dining reservations, to um, just rest, have a snack, people watch. Um, it's much more pleasant. Just enjoy. That's where I'm at, at my age. I'm getting to where I just enjoy the park experience 
less going from ride to ride. I more just kind of want to hang out at Epcot and enjoy the food and have a drink and um, enjoy the ambiance and look in the stores and see all the little intricate details. Um, so you can do a little bit more of that, I think, with Genie Plus. So we think it's, it is overly complicated. I think they could do a better job of it. I don't think it's necessary that you have to get up at 7 a.m. to book your first one. But in general, it works pretty good. And we felt like the app worked very good this time, or at least I did. I was on it a lot. I um, didn't have any major problems with it. It's very convenient to do a lot of things. They even have now where you're, if you're in a store, you can mobile checkout, which is really cool. You can scan the item that you want to buy. You can pay for it in the app. And then you just head to a little kiosk before you leave the store and show them your item and the QR code where you've paid for it. And you're out the door instead of being in a long line, like at world of Disney at Disney Springs. So they have had a lot of little convenient fe features like that. All right, let's, to conclude us, um, I could talk about Disney forever, but we won't. Um, let's talk about dining reservations because we really scored big on dining reservations. So now you can book your dining 90 days ahead of time um, of your park reservation. And so we did that. We were aware of that. We were ready to go. We booked what we could. We had dining reservation every single night. Um, we didn't get everything that we wanted, but we did pretty good. We thought we were, we were pretty happy with it. We really wanted to get in space 220 because I've seen all kinds of videos of that. Everyone says it's really cool. We could not get that. We kept checking, kept checking the week before, nothing, nothing, nothing. Um, I also wanted to get an Augs Cantina, which is a fun, um, bar inside of Hollywood studios in, um, galaxy's edge in the star Wars area. I, I was able to get a breakfast for that, which is weird. I don't, who wants to go to a bar for breakfast, but I was like, well, if that's the only time we can get in, we'll go there. Um, but where we really did well was the day of, so don't despair. If you can't get the dining reservations that you want ahead of time, Disney has set it so that if you don't cancel a dining reservation that you've made at least two hours ahead, you're going to pay $10 per person. So everyone definitely cancels their reservations the day of if they're not going to use them. And so if you can keep checking that, say maybe three hours ahead of where you want, when you want to go somewhere, we were able to get space 220. I was able to get it at 5.30 p.m., for an 8.30 p.m. reservation. Um, so we had come back to our room to take a rest and then got that booked and decided to head back over to Epcot um, in order to enjoy that. Um, and that was neat. It wasn't as cool as I thought it was going to be, I'm going to have to say, but um, basically you go like um, you go up in an elevator and it makes it look like you're going I think it's 220 miles, I think is what the measurement is, above Earth, like up to a space station to have your meal. And so then when you get up there, it's like you're looking out over Earth, like you're in outer space. And so we were there at night, so we were looking out over it at night. And during the daytime, I think it looks different. And there's different things floating around in space, like astronauts and rockets and all kinds of things. Um we just opted, we had already had dinner. And so we just opted to get um, a dessert and some drinks. Um, so we were glad we did it, but if you can't get in there, I'm telling you, it's not, you're not missing anything tremendous. Um, it's cool, but not nearly as cool as I thought it would be. Um, we also got in Augs Cantina. I just kept checking that throughout the day. And so I got it in maybe mid morning for a two 
215, something like that. We kind of looked at it as like another ride for us because again, it's really just drinks. Um, but it's more of the experience. It's like you're at a space bar and there's a DJ and they have all these crazy drink concoctions and they're pulling these liquids out of different animals and you have things that are popping in your glass and it's smoking and fizzing. Um, it's just the experience. So that was a fun thing to do. Again, it wasn't as cool as I thought it would be either. I'd heard a lot about that, um, but we were able to work that in, which was cool. And these are both, you know, it's fun to do something new when you go to Disney. It says you've been a lot like us. You're doing the same thing year after year, um, which is sentimental and fun, but it's great to throw in some new things too. So Space 220 was new for us. Ogg's Cantina was new for us. We'd never stayed at Boardwalk before, so that was new. And then for Thanksgiving Day, um, we had some reservation booked at Magic Kingdom. It was like Jungle Cantina, something like that, that was new where we'd never eaten. That was the best we could do, but we would have really preferred to eat at Be Our Guest. And so I was able to get that <laughs> booked the day of Thanksgiving. Um, and so that was a later evening meal too. I think it was maybe around 845. So if you can weather these kind of off reservations too, that's how you're going to get some good dining. But so I, was, I thought that was amazing that we snagged Be Our Guest on Thanksgiving. So we had a great meal there. Um, and then um, our final day was a Liberty Tree Tavern, which is my personal favorite. If you haven't eaten there, highly recommend it. Um, Magic Kingdom and Liberty Square. It's a family style Thanksgiving type of dinner. So you get turkey and you get pork and you get um, like pot pot roast and potatoes and green beans and macaroni and cheese and salad and bread um, stuffing. And then the best part of all is their ooey gooey toffee cake at the end with ice cream. Oh, it is so good. Um, so I really love that. I think that's kind of a, um, a hidden restaurant and I think it's really the best place to eat in magic kingdom. Be our guest is good too, but it's a little bit fancier. This is a little bit more home cooking. Um, and, and that was kind of our Thanksgiving. And the last thing I just wanted to note about the dining reservations is we changed almost every single dining reservation that we booked three months in advance. So again, don't worry if you're not getting what you want. The only one that I think that we, that I think we kept two that we originally had booked was Liberty tree tavern. We kept that one. And then we had booked the Edison, which is kind of a fun, funky place to eat at Disney Springs, um, kind of a steampunk vibe and it has pretty good food. And we had booked that for our, the Sunday that we left. And so we kept those two, but um, everything else we moved around or canceled at some point um, in order to trade out for something else. So just be prepared. My um, advice is just keep checking. Keep checking in the app all day long. You search for the restaurant, you tell it how many people you want that you know will be dining with you. You tell it if you want lunch or evening, and it'll tell you what's available. So just you don't have to be doing it constantly, but just when you think about it or you're standing in a line, just check again. Um, and that's how you will get some good deals uh, for dining. So that is a wrap from our trip to Disney World. Again, super fun. Always learn new things. Um, we got to do some new things. Love Disney Vacation Club. If you want to learn more, 
about um, more of my tips and exactly what we did with Genie Plus and how we scored some free lightning lanes. Um, that's all inside the members only podcast of Families Fly Free. And we'll be updating um, Genie Plus and how to make that work coming up. You can get our Genie Plus strategy sheets inside the membership so you can fill those out ahead of time and be ready to go at 7 a.m. Um, for whatever park you're going into. And then of course, our quarterly Disney Vacation Club calls where we will answer any questions you have about becoming a member or those of you who are already members, we're going to be updating you on the latest news. And each time we're going to be sharing some tips and tricks for bookings, um, things like adding points on for one-time use each year, all these little goodies that people who've been members for a long time um, have figured out to really maximize the program. So thanks for listening to my Disney recap um, and hope you have a very magical week. We will see you on the next episode. If you're ready to fly your family free forever, I invite you to join my family's Fly Free membership. You'll learn how to stop paying for airfare throughout the U.S., Caribbean, and Europe so you can make those priceless family travel memories before your kids or even your grandkids leave home for good. And you'll learn it using my simple, proven formula that's helped hundreds of families. Plus, it's risk-free. You either get your investment in the membership back in free travel, or I give you your money back. You can get more information at familiesflyfree.com slash join.